I was on Twitch the other night, and I, it was like at four in the morning, so only the weird people are up streaming. <laughs> and I watched a guy. <laughs> I watched a guy just sitting there. What he was streaming is he was sitting at his computer watching videos of what's the not soccer rugby, rugby watching okay. rugby videos and then every so often he would just sit there like stare at the screen and then just be like that's bullshit that's bullshit this playing style is fucking bullshit and i was like entranced i could not stop watching this guy because i was like sitting here and he never elaborates absolutely no like he never tells us what is bullshit about what's <laughs> going on why it shouldn't be happy he's just like no, do you see that? That's fucking bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. And I'm like, what? I, I'm tr- I'm trying to find a pattern. Like my mind is working. The hamster wheel is running at full speed. I'm trying to find a pattern of what is going on in these different scenes when he says it. And I'm going back and I'm watching each one, and I cannot find anything. Was this guy attractive? Nah. Okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like what was so mesmerizing, like. If a hot girl was on Twitch, just like casually, languidly commenting about sports, like that might hold my attention for a couple of minutes. But it wasn't even like commentary. It was just him saying, oh, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. And then I look back and I go back and I watch what just happened. And I don't understand the rules of rugby, obviously. So I'm like, wait, was that a foul? Because he wasn't saying that when they like threw flags or something. He was just saying it during random parts of the game. (laughs) So I'm sitting here and I could not stop watching it because I was trying so hard to figure out what was going on that he was so upset by. Was, at last question, and we'll start the show. Was the rugby game at least on, like, okay, I tune into Twitch. Is this a way to kind of, like, pirate a rugby game? And then it's just kind of like, wait, what if it's this? I think I know what it is. Okay. You're not allowed to simply rebroadcast something. For example, like, the entire Eldebarge music video, Who's Johnny? Unless you're adding commentary to it. Oh, boy, you people don't know what commentary is, let me tell you. It's a good thing that we don't, because if, because like if the government like very clearly defined what was and wasn't commentary, we wouldn't be allowed to get away with bullshit. Let me tell you what happened in the 90s. Are you ready for this? Okay, so uh, uh, like an entertainment production company, a softcore porno entertainment production company, they wanted to make a sell a video for twenty dollars uh, through mail order. That was here's all the nude scenes in movies. Like here's the nude scene in Fatal Attraction, and here's the famous nude scene in this movie. Here's the famous nude scene in Nine and a Half Weeks. I know what you're thinking. You can't just take the nude scenes from major studio blockbusters, put them on a tape, and legally sell them, right? That is that is what exactly what I am thinking. <laughs> Unless you added commentary. So what they do is, between every nude scene, they have a host, like a Steve Gutenberg-style host, and he goes like, whoa, the, like... Like that girl, the girl's boobies in a perfect 10 are a perfect 11. But now we're going from 10 to nine and a half weeks, that is. Let's watch them fuck. And then they do. And then at the very end, I'm not joking. I found this tape, by the way, you're saying, where'd you find this tape? I was the researcher at Mad TV and we had a massive tape library and I would often just play like tape library roulette. I would just like pull a tape off the shelf and put it in. 
And, awesome. Uh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, and at the very end of this video, they cut to an NYU film professor sitting in his office, and he goes the the history of nudity in film actually goes back to the 1920s. Some of the first uses of motion picture technology were to capture nude, lewd, and erotic images. And, like, they cut to, like, some black and white pictures of, like, old, old porn. Nowadays, nowadays eroticism can be used to goose box office results um, or, get, or garner interest in films on the secondary market that otherwise might not have any. I'm Tom Tomlinson, NYU film professor. Enough commentary was added that... That, like, when they were sued, they couldn't do shit about it because it was classified as news slash commentary. Oh, that is truly interesting. Can you send me more information on that? I read a book recently about, like, the history of copyright and what copyright infringement is and is not because there are exceptions in the law, obviously, for parody and commentary. Yes. But there's a lot of discrepancy on what that is. So I was reading... This thing about, okay, so apparently you have to be commenting for it to count as valid commentary on the nature of the medium or the work and not specifically what's going on. Like you need to be making some kind of broader contextual, like for example, when young Sheldon goes to Dairy Queen and like gets a blizzard, that's technically not fair use. Just even saying the word Dairy Queen, because they're not saying anything about Dairy Queen. They're just talking about how, like, much they like ice cream or some bullshit. But a lot of companies don't care. Yeah. Because it's just not worth litigating over. So a lot of the stuff you see on TV, like, when Penny works at the Cheesecake Fact, like, they're not making some wider cultural commentary on the Cheesecake Factory and what it represents. So it's technically not fair use, but the company just doesn't care enough to sue them over it. Yeah. Specifically with respect to the Big Bang Theory, it's like, okay, the name, the Cheesecake Factory, yeah, like you could, like, I don't know, the Cheesecake Factory, like if they ever shot an episode where like somebody was murdered at the Cheesecake Factory because like the torta like, like killed them, then they might care. But interestingly, like the, the restaurant that you see on the Big Bang Theory, the Cheesecake Factory looks nothing like the Cheesecake Factory. No, man. The post, the che- Have you ever been in a Cheesecake Factory? It looks like a postmodern nightmare zone in there. It's like a fever. It's like a Hunter S. Thompson fever dream. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's like it's got that same... Like it says, it's as Pomo as like Bennigan's was busy in the nineties, where it was like you're looking around and it's like there sure are a lot of weird newspapers on the wall. There are Roman like Colosseum pillars, and then you sit down in a wicker chair. It's very bizarre. It's a very bizarre experience. The menu is, I think, thirty pages long. Yes. There's literally something called a glam burger. <laughs> Wait, what's the glam burger? Is that like a low calorie hamburger? It's a skinny hamburger, and I think it does not have a bun. But it's funny because the glam burger is also an Undertale, like 
Oh, one thank of the you. there's an evil, not evil corporation, but after when you play under this is a pretty deep cut, but okay, when you play Undertale, one of the ways to play is called the genocide route, which is where you kill every like creature that you run into, and if you follow the genocide route, eventually you get to people like stop because the towns are cleared out. So event because the game knows like how you're playing and it adjusts. That's one of the reasons why Undertale is so cool. So at one point you get to this town that is completely abandoned. And the only person there is this dude working at a fast food restaurant. He's like, I can't leave. (laughs) And you have to murder him? No, you don't. I don't think you even get the option to murder. He's like, welcome to Sparkle Burgers. Can I get you a glam burger? And he's just sitting there shaking the whole time because he knows who you are. God, yeah. The the reason I never played Undertale is because I keep hearing about this goddamn genocide mode where you kill a friendly skeleton. I mean, you, there are ways to play, the most fun ways to play Undertale are either to kill everyone or kill no one. Like, those are the only two ways worth playing it. But you can play it without killing anyone. Yeah, I, see, I was halfway convinced by that, because I was like, oh, there's like a friendship mode. But I'm like, yeah, but there's also a genocide mode, and I know that deep down that mode is somewhere in my game, and I'm not playing this genocide game. Oh, but the, the reason I brought up the interior of the Cheesecake Factory is that interior design elements can be copyrighted by different owners. For example, like, the Golden Arches. Like, obviously, that's a fucking logo. But, like, there are interior design elements of, like, a McDonald's that make it iconic, um, and sometimes these patents are shared. For example, like, uh, like, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the boxer, Mike Tyson. So Mike Tyson has a face tattoo. He owns that tattoo. It's on its fucking face. But the guy who designed that tattoo has a partial licensor ownership stake in the design on the face tattoo. So, in The Hangover 2, when Ed Helms' character gets the face tattoo, the producers of The Hangover are like, hey, Mike, can we use your tattoo? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. You can use my tattoo. It's okay. But Mike doesn't realize because he's been hit in the head so many times that he can't give that permission. So the guy that designed the face tattoo sues Warner Brothers and wins. And it's like, what? you can't just use my fucking tattoo. That's, my, that's a piece of art, assholes. Wow, I would never have thought of that if I designed that tattoo. That is nuts. Is that true? Yes, of course it's true. Because and he you, won? Yes, and he, uh, he either won or he was paid a handsome sum to settle. I believe it was a settlement, but it's like, if you're going to design a tattoo for a celebrity that's on their face, why not use that as like an opportunity? <laughs> like, Add your logo on there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fucking brilliant. So another thing that we don't see in the Cheesecake Factory are... The costumes are different. Like, what Penny and the people on the Big Bang Theory wear as their Cheesecake Factory outfits are not what they wear when they work at the Cheesecake Factory, which I believe is, like, a way to not have to, like, pay whoever designed the Cheesecake Factory waiter and waitress outfits a royalty. There's all sorts of weird stuff happening with the Cheesecake Factory's legality in the Big Bang Theory universe. Are we still pretending that this isn't the show? (laughs) 
Welcome everybody to the Loudest Podcast, the loudest podcast on the internet. It's the show where two weird comedians discuss incredibly normy topics like the Big Bang Theory or Survivor. I'm your host, Stereos Coconuts. With me as always is Sarantia. Hello. Um, now Sarantia, we didn't get to one of your topics last week, and I have felt guilty about it all week. I don't know why you want to talk about this, and I don't understand its cultural importance. Oh, I will tell you. I will explain everything. Okay, so okay, I, handing it over. I missed an experience as a child, Asterios. I missed an experience. Mm-hmm. Everyone talks about. Did you know? Did you know that Barbie has a series of movies? I mean, I just that's not surprising to me. I mean, but like, what I I, I don't know how yet that is interesting because it's like I don't. Doesn't it's like there's My Little Pony movies. There's Care Bear movies. I mean, like, does Barbie have, like, weird movies or something? She has a series of, I believe, 32 or 36 movies that people who are around my age feel uh, like the real nostalgia, the most nostalgia, the nostalgiest nostalgia that ever did nostalgia for these movies. Okay, so this is some kind of Zoomer thing. All you little girls collected these goddamn Barbie movies, I assume on DVD or Blu-ray, like, and Blu-ray. you're like, Ray. I don't know how old you people are. I don't know. Generic 2006 pops. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's that? Oh, uh, Bojack Horseman is coming back. Final season. Final. That show is ending. I'm so upset. Hey, would you like to hear my impression of uh, every episode of, Bo- of Bojack Horseman? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'm uh, Bojack Horseman. I, uh, I I hate you, and uh, I think everything's stupid, and uh, I'm cool. I'm secretly sad inside. That's it. It's like a, a, this fucking show. It worked for a season. I can't. Ha- I can't believe this. They've gotten away with six seasons on mean thing, sad thing. Mean. It's like who wants to fucking hear these goddamn animals bloviate about like oh the. It's like. Oh, the beauty in the world. Oh, we're all alone. Oh, maybe we're all reaching out for each other. It's like, can you tell me a fucking joke over here? Yeah, no, the show is like nonstop Los Angeles references. It's your ideal show. It is made for you. Yeah, but I think that's maybe one of the reasons I don't like it is that all the characters in the show do what everyone in L.A. does where they're like, they're like, all right, let's all party. Let's all party. It's 2 a.m. Let's all get real deep. Let's all... Talk yeah. about our fucking problems. We're all, this is definitely not because we're drunk or high. We're just talking about our problems, man. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, but, but anyway, the, these goddamn Barbie movies. Tell me about the, so, okay, so this is like a thing for you guys. Right, okay, this is a thing. And by you guys, you mean millennial women. So, mm-hmm. I never got the experience of watching a Barbie movie when I was a kid because, you know, just go back and watch the other episodes. <laughs> <laughs> was not allowed. <laughs> so, I decided, I was watching a YouTube video. It was like the top ten Barbie movies. And it was like three hours long. And this woman was exactly my age. So, I'm like, okay, well, if this, if there is someone that exists in the ether in the nexus between our world and the next that can sit down and talk about these things for three goddamn hours that I need to at least experience one. So I go on this group chat that I have with a couple of friends from college and I say, do you guys remember the Barbie movies? And they're all like, 
oh my god, yes, what, yes, yes, you never watched them, yes. So I said, I'm watching my first one. Which one should I start with? And the answer was overwhelming me, Barbie's Charm School. Barbie Princess Charm School. So let me open up my notes. Let me tell you, let me tell you a little bit about Barbie Charm School. Okay. Okay, so here's the base. I'm going to spoil Barbie uh, Princess Charm School for everyone, by the way. <laughs> so first of all, it was created during this era where everything is like, unnervingly cgi like everything is smooth <laughs> for some reason mm -hmm. do you know what i'm talking about i d i do because just it, it like completely out of nowhere today i was browsing through a shit posting group and there was like a bunch of screen caps of characters talking about barbie's age and like trying to figure out how old Barbie was. And like one of them was like, well, she's at least 35 because she ran for president. And one of them was like, well, she's a doctor. You have to go to doctor school for 11 years. And so she graduated. So let's say she graduated from high school at like 15. And I was like, and all the characters looked, I mean, I guess like dolls. Like they had absolutely smooth faces that like kind of absorbed light. I mean, I guess that makes sense now that I think about it. I mean, they are fucking dolls. Yeah, I mean, okay. So here's the thing. Here's the mindset I'm going into this with. I do, I am going to describe this plot in a way that I think will frustrate a lot of people because they're going to be sitting there pointing out the many obvious plot holes okay. that are in this movie. But I am going into this with the mindset that this is a movie for children the, it was made entirely to sell toys, so I'm not going to pick too hard on specific plot points. Should Barbie have gotten chosen for this nationwide audition and then just driven in a carriage when there are no cars on the street? No, that's a recipe for an assassination attempt. <laughs> but I'm not going to think about that because... Kids movies are bad is not a hot take anymore. Okay. Yeah. Like we know, like yeah. the people that go on YouTube, Oh, 900 things wrong with the emoji movie. It is a movie literally for children. You cannot hold it. We're not holding this to Tarantino standards. All right. It's the easiest thing someone can do. Like twice I tried to watch the nostalgia critic. Because it's like, oh, everybody talks about the nostalgia critic. Nostalgia critic. So I'm like, ah, oh, let me try to fucking watch this fucking guy. And he's like, yeah, he's like pointing out all the plot holes and inconsistencies in like some fucking like Willow, like some children's movie for the 80s. And it's like, oh, yeah, you mean the the movie about like a magic wizard and like a little elf and like acorns that turn you to stone, like might not have its shit together. Like, well, yeah, no, fuck it doesn't have its goddamn shit together. All right, yeah. but anyway. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't sit in the comments and be like, oh, well, why are there only 12 students at this academy? Shut up. Shut up. I don't care. Shut up. Yeah, all, all right. right. Agreed. All right, so here's the plot. Of let's. I'm going to walk you through the plot of Barbie Prison Stride Food because it was bizarre. All <laughs> okay. right. So we open a scene. Barbie is working at a uh, cafe in the slums of Gardenia, which is their, uh, I don't know if it's a country or a county or a province or something, but Gardenia is the world that they live in, right? Okay. So every year there is a there is a school. If you want to become a princess or you are of royal blood, you have to go to this thing called Princess Charm School. Now the name Princess Charm School implies that everyone in this school is a princess. That is not true. That is what I thought. There are princesses and lady royals. Now me being an adult, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, I, I am assuming that a lady royal is something like a 
duchess, a baroness, a what's the other like a lady, some a a, a title holder who is female who is not a princess. Right, who's a member of the royal court. That's Correct. what I assume. Yes. You would be intelligent in thinking that, but that is wrong. <laughs> okay. What a lady royal is actually is basically a super best friend of a princess. So if when you are coronated princess of whatever your land, you get to pick a lady royal, and your lady royal, I think ostensibly hold some kind of political power, but that's never really expanded on. So um, if you don't get chosen to be a lady royal, you have to go away forever. Like, you're banished from the- if you go to charm school and you don't get chosen to be somebody's uh, lady royal, then, well, you're SOL. You can figure out another life plan. Wait! Wait! Okay, because it's like, uh, yeah, I have a best friend. His name is Jeffrey. If I'm going to Prince Charm School, I'm bringing him to be my- to be my man royal- but wait, they find their lady royal at the school? Correct. I assume that the girls that are going to school as lady royals are have some kind of royal, like some kind of title, but they don't get to. I don't know about the. They don't. Amazingly, they don't go into the political hierarchy of Gardenia very much in this movie. Mm. I assuming they have some kind of royal title, but they cannot hold power until they are chosen as a lady royal by a princess of a neighboring nation. I, that is my assumption, and that's what I'm rolling with here. Okay, I like. Let me tell you what I like right off the bat: that you can like essentially roll for a chance to be like. The future queen's best friend. It's like, go to this school. If you are cool enough to hang out with, you will eventually be friends with someone whose mom is going to die and they're going to be in charge. It's like nepotism is written into the law. (laughs) Yes! It's perfect. It's like, it's, it's like, uh, what is it? Like, uh, the, it's a, in Entourage, what do, they, what do they call that? Like your bro squad and girl, the girls, they have a girl squad. You're running to be part of a girl squad. I like this. So uh, we open up on a scene. Uh, Barbie's getting home from her job at the slums. Edge comes back and she's a little sister. Her little sister is watching TV. And uh, there, there's also some dialogue, but Barbie's mom's sick or something. She's, oh. can- she's getting owned by cancer. So. Oh, God. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. So the kid is watching the television and what is on TV is there is also another way to get into Princess Charm School besides being a princess or being of noble blood. Every year there is a lottery and the lottery, they randomly pick someone's name in the uh, kingdom of Gardenia. Is it a kingdom? I have no idea. They randomly pick somebody's name and they get to go to Princess Charm School. So, of as course, as a princess or a royal, as a lady royal, potential. So oh, you need to. So Barbie is is rolling the dice on becoming a ro- a lady royal. Correct. I, okay, thank you. I did not know that because I'm thinking to myself, why is a fucking princess like working in the slums with her dying mom? Right. Okay. That's why I felt like I needed to explain the political thing here because you think Princess Charm School. How could someone who's not a princess be going to Princess Charm School? Well, because they also have lady royals here. Whatever. Uh, so. Plot contrivances are big in this. So uh, they spin the basket, they pick a name, and it's Barbie, who in this movie is named Blair. So Blair's name gets pulled, and Blair is like, how did they pull my name? I didn't enter. And her sister says, oh, I entered for you. And Blair is like, I'm not freaking going. And her little sister says, well, maybe if you go and you become a lady royal, then you can, we can get more money for mom's like cancer medicine or something. 
<laughs> so Blair was like, okay, I'll go. So there's a knock at the door. Right then, there is a Scottish guard standing there. He's very, very thick Scottish accent. He's like, we're leaving right now. Well, and uh, Blair's- wait, I- I'm sorry. I-, I-, I can only hear that in the accent. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Oi, can't we leave it right now? That, every accent can't be Australian. I can't do a Scottish accent. Oi, lass, we're going right now. Oi, get lass, in get, in, get in the fucking carriage. You're the wizard, Harry. <laughs> get in the car. Get in the I don't know. Okay, maybe that's... All right, well, I'm going to write down all the people I've offended so far. Okay, Scottish people. apologize on Twitter. I'll do Anyways, it. Anyways, so uh, let me check my notes. She, uh, they're at the door immediately. They usher her into a carriage. And, oh, by the way, this is what I was talking about earlier. Like, no protection at all. Just open air carriage. They just broadcasted her name on na- assumingly national television. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and, and photo, Bar- and photo, yeah. yeah, and photo. Great. Okay, so so Barbie's sister doxes Barbie. Is Barbie sister doxes Barbie? Gotcha. Check. 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 Oh, I'm check. sorry, Blair. So she gets. Uh, she does not even have time to pack her bags. They usher her to Princess Charm School. She gets there and she walks in the door, and of course she's still wearing her stained Applebee's <laughs> uniform. <laughs> Or whatever, because they didn't let her change her clothes before. So they walk in, and uh, immediately she gets trampled by this dog. And this is important, because this is one of the parts of the movie that I genuinely did enjoy. Like, she smells, she looks awful, but there's this dog, and this dog has taken a real shine to her, this golden retriever. So all the other students are like, who the fuck is this? And I'm immediately thinking, is this like a dinner for schmucks thing? (laughs) Like... Why did they not even let her change her car? Is she just going to be a target for bullying this whole year? Because it's blatantly obvious. Everyone else is wearing a uniform and Blair is wearing like a like a shirt and top you would wear as a barista at Starbucks. Understood. So this is kind of like Penny goes to like the uh, uh, princess camp. Right. Penny gets dumped off at royal camp. So um, everybody. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. S- I-, I apologize for interrupting. Um. Why didn't Blair want to do this? Because to me, as like an outsider, I'm kind of like, who wouldn't want money, fame, power, prestige? Uh, Because she's the main character in a movie for young girls. So modesty is big. Like, oh, no, I could never be a princess. I'm only just as attractive as all the other characters in this movie. (laughs) Got it. Okay. Thank you. So Blair doesn't think she's princess material. Okay. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Oh, thank you. By the way, don't apologize for interrupting. Interrupt at any point because uh, my mouth gets very dry when I talk <laughs> for extended segments. All right. Okay. Keep going. So Blair gets trampled by this dog. Bell rings. Students go to school. And Blair is like, I have no idea what to do or where to go. But then headmistress, I think Priven's or so, it's been about a week since I watched the movie. I don't remember the headmaster's headmistress's name because they all just call her headmaster. So the headmistress comes out and is like, you must be Blair, the lottery winner. And she's like, oh, the dog has taken a shine to you. And Blair says, oh, yeah, no, he ran up to me when he got here. And she says, well, that's bizarre. He's usually very shy. And whatever, brush it off. I'm going to introduce you, take you around the school. So Princess Royal School is basically like 
etiquette class, ostensibly. We mm-hmm. see them in classes, but we don't really see them doing anything like <laughs> <laughs> learning about politics or governing or anything about the, the uh, political politics in Gardini. It's pretty much just like walking with books on your heads <laughs> and gossiping about the teachers. So, Wait, they have uh, gossiping about the teacher classes? Like, oh, here's how you talk shit about Mrs. Krebins' dead husband. That would be much funnier, but no, they spend a lot of time. Uh, Blair does not pay a close amount of attention to class, which is bad because they specifically say that uh, 27%, <laughs> like that very specific percentage, exactly 27% of lottery winners actually make it to graduation. And I'm like, well, yeah, no shit. These people are working as an inherent disadvantage. You didn't even let them change their clothes before they got to this school. Of course, only a fourth makes it through. Like Class warfare is real. You're but, setting them up to fail. <laughs> but the thing is, if I'm writing the screenplay, okay, I'm going to give these guys, I'm, I'm going to judge this screenplay based on its, on its hue, on its ability to hew to traditional screenplay norms. It gets points for a kick the dog moment or a save the cat moment. Like when you have a character, a very good way to tell the audience if they're a good guy or a bad guy is to have them interact with an animal. There's a screenwriting book called Save the Cat. And it's like your character comes across a, 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 a cat up in a tree. Does he try to save it? That's your hero. Does he throw a rock at it? That's your villain. So having the dog like Barbie right away and then finding out that this dog usually doesn't like anybody, it's a good way to tell that, wow, Blair must be something special. Oh, no. That is actually, the dog thing is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie because that is an incredibly well-placed piece of foreshadowing that will play a role later. So remember the dog. Exactly. No, but minus... Only 27% of people make it. That number is not low enough to be dramatic. What they should say is no one who's won the lottery has ever made it through Princess Charm School. So you never will, Blair. Yeah, it's really bizarre. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's like, oh, about a fourth of them make it? But those aren't great odds, but you're not dead in the water either. It's like that. Like you got to make a big obstacle for Blair to overcome screenwriter of Barbie's princess charm school. Yeah, that's true. I think that's the acceptance rate of like most small private colleges. Yeah, (laughs) I applied for I applied for Boston College and it was like they only accepted 10 percent of applicants. Yeah, it's so that's I think Harvard is something like 4 percent. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Whatever, the, the, whatever, so the whatever. standards for graduating Princess Charm School are less difficult than attending Harvard University. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> for becoming a political courtesan, yes. Correct. So then we go to Barbie, uh, or Blair, I'm sorry, uh, gets into her dorm room and she's got two people in her, she's got two roommates. Halsey, I believe, or Haley. Haley is her name. Mm-hmm. Haley likes sports and is basically just a exposition dump of a human. Love it, love it. She is very into kicking a soccer ball around and talking about the lore of the Academy and Gardenia unprompted, like apropos of nothing. She will just <laughs> go on rants about rumors about the teachers, the school, where things are, where MacGuffins are alleged to be. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, excellent. And then she also has an Asian roommate named Eliana, and I think her name is Eliana. I'm not sure because she does literally nothing the entire movie except have uh, Chekhov's SoundCloud page. I'm not making that up. That becomes relevant later on. Like when she walks into her dorm room, uh, Blair is introducing herself to her roommates, and Eliana is sitting on her laptop listening to music, and Blair is like, oh, what are you doing? Making beats? And Eliana's like, yeah. And she's like, well, can I hear them? And she says, no. <laughs> so, that becomes important later. Wait, so, they have, oh, right, because they have TV in this universe. What? Does this take place in the current year? Uh, yes. I The current year as 2006 was the current year. No, g- got it. In modern times. Okay, good. Good, good, good. All right, just because... I, cause I was like, wait, princess makes me think of old time, but then I forgot you said she found out because of the fucking, uh, cause it was like reverse hunger games. Like, like if they pick you in the lottery, you will definitely live. Um, okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. Got it. Keep going. Sorry. 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 So, uh, there's this stupid ass scene where Blair finds her locker and there are, there are fairies in this universe also. So it's, ma- there's also magic. So there this are- is what you're telling me. There's magic in the universe. This is like when we learn about minutes. the magic. Wait, so they wait like 25 minutes. Oh, by the way, there's no magic. Yeah, also, <laughs> there are fairies. Uh, there's an entirely other race of uh, sentient creatures. Uh, they're more powerful than us, and uh, I don't know. They're probably our friends. Anyway, let's keep going. D- this Asian girl's making sick beats. Yeah. So uh, Blair gets hooked up with apparently everyone who attends the school gets a fairy companion who is ostensibly a slave, I think, because mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk about this a little bit later. Like the fairy you get seems to be like at your command any moment. There's this one character who's like the mean girl in the school. Her name is Delaney. She's a fairy and she was like, fairy, go just fuck up Blair's food. And the fairy's like, down. She's like, sure, absolutely. I will do that right now. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Wait. 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 All right. So they get. So there's house elves in this too. Like kind of yes. like Dobby the house elf. It's a fucking thing. Okay. 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 Check. 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 Like these fairies. Are they always? Are they like super into whatever you tell them? If you were like, go step in front of that train, they'd be like, can't wait, boss. Yes. I, it gives me sexual satisfaction to grant wishes. Absolutely. It's the only way I can finish. Okay. Thank you for telling me. So so far in this universe. A princess gets a best friend who is trained to be cool and a, and a magic slave. Got it. So um, from there, there's this really stupid shoehorned scene where the fairy brings Blair a cupcake, and she, but she like bumps into her, and Blair stumbles backwards and falls into this blonde girl and like accidentally smears a cupcake all over her. She blonde girl's like all upset, and she's all in a huff. She's like, "Who are you? I've never seen you around this school for. How dare you stain my outfit or whatever?" And she uh, Blair tries to explain herself, but she's not not having it. Uh, that is that blonde girl. We later find out because the scene immediately after that is a what's it called? Like an orientation ceremony. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We find out. We learn a little bit more about the politics of Gardain. We found out that the princess. We find this all out, by the way, via Haley, who is just expedition dumping all over the place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The princess of Gardania got fucking owned in a car accident. What? A high speed car crash. They specifically say. Wait. That's what happened to Princess Diana! I know! God damn- What? 
So not only was uh, the previous princess fucking owned in a car crash, and I don't remember the princess's name, but her entire family also got owned in a car crash. They got Uncle Bucked? They got ah, something. God damn it. Okay. All right. Barbie's mom has cancer. The old princess died. The whole old princess's family. This is... What's the death count at? 20 and counting? Counting on Blair's mom? No, dude, and they are, like, not subtle about this at all. They straight up say, like, she died in a car crash. They didn't do that Disney thing where they talk around it, like, oh, she was involved in an accident and she disappeared. No, they're like, she is dead. The whole royal family is dead. So the next in line for the throne is... Not okay, so there's a teacher at the school named Dame Devons, and Dave Devons is a total bitch. She is just constantly, like for no reason, just being a bitch. Her daughter, Delancey, who is the blonde girl that Blair ran into in the hallway, is next in line for the throne. She is the crown princess, but she cannot take over the throne until she graduates Barbie Princess Charm School for whatever reason. I don't know. These laws seem questionable to me, but I'm rolling with it because it's a movie for children. Got it. So while Haley Haley's plot, exposition dumping all over the place, she also reveals that there is a special crown in this universe, and the crown, when it placed onto the head of the next in line for the throne, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Clearly, this is a matriarchal society, so they keep referring to like the next princess or the next queen. I don't think men who have any kind of political power in this world. Interesting. <laughs> but, um, okay. Yeah. When they place the crown in the head of the next in line for the throne, it glows. But they have not seen the crown since this car accident, since the entire royal family got owned. They assume it was destroyed in the car crash, but no I'm one really to, knows. I'm going to interrupt again to ask. So, all right, obviously you, you got to graduate from Barbie's Princess Charm School and there's a way to fail out of it, even for fucking the daughter of the person who died. Like, Correct. Okay, granted. Is this crown like the golden snitch? Let's say I'm failing everything and I'm just like jerking off in class, just jerking off to Mrs. Devon, just coming in her hair, turning her blue hair white. Then I put on this crown on the way out. It glows. Do I automatically pass and become the queen? Um... No, because the queen does need to, the implication is that if the next in line to the throne does not graduate Barbie Princess Charm School, then they will pick a new heir to the throne. That is what is implied. Because the headmistress specifically says, Delancey will be taking over the throne only if, if and only if, she takes over the, um... Whatchamacallit, she graduates Barbie Princess Charm School. But keep in mind, this is very important and becomes a problem with this script later, that the crown is lost to time. They do not know where the glowing crown is. Haley specifically says that no one has seen the crown since the car wreck. And also, wait, what? By the way, I know where the crown is. Where do you think the crown is? I'll tell you right before you reveal its actual location, but I think I know where the crown is. All right, but keep going. So, okay, so so Delancey, Delaney, she's the villain. So, so if Delaney graduates from Princess Trump School, she becomes the queen. Also, there's a magic missing crown. Correct. And there's How- also a rumor that Dame Devons orchestrated the car crash and also that the princess, the daughter of the king and queen, is not dead. What? <laughs> So Devons is just like an 
So Devins is just a member of the royal court that they're Ella. I thought Devins was the daughter of the of the princess who would be queen who died. In the, is Devins just a member of the royal court? Yes, Dame Devins is a, I assume, a countess of some kind. Her daughter, Delancey, is next in line for the throne. Dame Devins does, is not the queen. There is no queen at this point. There She's is the no regent. Princess. Okay, got, got Correct. it. Correct. But Dame Devins is in charge of the school? And if Dame Devins' daughter graduates from the school that Dame Devins runs, then Dame Devins' daughter becomes the queen? Yeah, like I said, this movie has some couple a couple of plot holes. No, that's not a plot hole. I'm not pointing that out to be a plot hole. That is a massive conflict of interest that exists in our society. Like, in Saudi Arabia, the royal family runs everything. Someone tells me if you go to your cousin's college, you're going to graduate. Like, if, you go, if you're the crown prince and you go to the other crown prince's college, eh, someone tells me you're walking out of there with your diploma. So this is interesting. So this is... Barbie slash Blair versus like a corporate, like corporate mon- monarchical, monarchical like monopoly. Yeah, like it's like I said at the top of this, it, nepotism is running wild <laughs> in Cardania. There is no oversight, no checks and balances for any of this. Yeah, but, but uh, there are checks and balances in real life too. Like fucking the uh, like the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia murdered a guy. And it's like, yeah, okay, nothing happened to that guy. Yeah, he's still the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. It's like, like that's what's interesting to me about this. It's like, yeah, there are villains in charge of things. Yeah. Like, that's like, this isn't a plot hole. It's real life. Anyway, keep going. Sorry. So the second act, this movie has problems in the second act. <laughs> Most movies do. It, there's literally a phrase in screenwriting called second act problems. Okay, well, here's this movie's second act problems, okay, is that there is so much plot dumped on you, and it is dumped on you so quickly that it is a, a, a child could see what is going to happen. And so I'm going to explain this to you. And audience, if you don't know what is going to happen at the end of this movie, by the time that we get to the third act, you are truly a smooth brain. Got it. (laughs) Okay. So we get to finally, they are attending class. They are attending Royal Princess class. The first class that we see is run by Dame Devins, the uh, headmistress's right-hand woman. And it seems to be like an elegance class because the whole class is walking around with books on your head and balancing of which Delancey has an unfair advantage because she could already do it with like a giant stack of books, I assume because her mother has raised her from birth to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, Blair, God forbid, can't even bounce a single book in her head and walk. She's all over the place. She's a mess. She's a mess. She's so uncoordinated. At one point, she walks into Dame Devon's, drops her book, and, like, looks up in Dame Devon's face. And Dame Devon's is like, please be more cat. And then she stops. And we there is a not subtle at all scene where Dame Devon's, like, stares into Blair's face for about 20 seconds. And is like, <gasps> she audibly gasps. And then she says, outrageous. This is outrageous. You cannot be in this school. I'm going to recommend that you be expelled immediately. And Blair is like, for dropping a book? And Dame Devon's like, I can just see that you are not 
Lady Royal material, and I will be recommending your expulsion to me. And she's panicking. She's full-on fucking panicking. This is great! I hate Dame Devons! Oh my god! I hope she gets the chair at the end of this movie. Right, uh, so, uh, at the next scene, I shit you, I think there's a, there's a stupid, awful fucking forced scene, I think, in between these, where Blair goes to dance class I don't remember what point there in the movie this was because it was so stupid and out of nowhere. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it. It was here. Sure. So Blair and the rest of her class, her class of which I think has 16 characters in it, <laughs> go to dance class. And they're also hooked up with the neighboring like boys academy. Everything yeah. Squealing. Tyler finger to dance class. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Exactly. No, and all the girls are like squealing, like, oh, we have to dance with boys. We've never seen boys before. I'm like, I believe that because you were all probably locked in palaces <laughs> for yeah. your entire life. But um, the boys show up and uh, Delancey is like, I want to dance with Ken. But Ken isn't in class. So they have one extra girl. And the headmistress is like, well, Delancey, Ken isn't here, so we're going to hook you up with, like, the nerd character, who we can tell is the nerd because he has acne and glasses. So, fuck you, this movie. Mm. <laughs> so she has to dance with the nerd character. and then Wait, um, Delancey has to dance with the nerd? Yes. <laughs> but Delancey's mom runs the school. Why isn't Delancey's mom like, here's the second biggest fuckboy in the class? I don't like, know, because there are only two boys we're supposed to care about, and it's this one and then Ken. Ken? Okay, got it. Got so, um, Headmistress is like, okay, we need somebody to sit out. And Dame Devons is like, I think Blair should be sitting out. She's not princess material. <laughs> so Blair's like, wow, oh fucking case. <laughs> so she goes and takes a seat. Who shows up at that moment but Ken? And the headmistress, yes! headmistress Privet, that was her name. Headmistress Privet is like, well, Blair, now that Ken's here, you have a partner. <laughs> and so she's like, oh, okay. There's this scene where Blair and Ken, I think it's supposed to be like a meet cute where they talk about, they're like, hello, Lady uh, Blair. And she's like, well, hello, uh, Senior Ken or whatever his name is. But they're saying it in a way that we're supposed to think it's like silly. Like they think that the whole thing is silly. Okay. But it's like... I don't really get that because you chose to come here, Blair. Like, you're talking about how stupid and dumb that, like, nobody's forcing you to be here. Oh, and then, uh, by the way, audience, here's what meet cute is. It's another screenwriting term. For example, there's a movie Serendipity where John Cusack and, I don't know, some hot British girl, like, they fall in love, okay? Here's how they meet. They're both at JCPenney and they're looking for, like, the perfect gift and both of their hands touch as they both grab, like, the last pair of gloves. Of, like, lambskin gloves or some shit. And then they're like, and, like, that's how they meet. It's very cute. It's called a meet cute. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have explained that. Thank you. Um, so, like, I don't get if I'm, because this is the only scene that Ken is in until the end of the movie. So, this movie seems to want me to think that, like, Ken and Blair are a perfect match for each other, but I don't give a single crap about Ken because we see him for a grand, his grand total about three minutes on screen. So I don't care at all. Hmm. And also, Blair, like, why are you making fun of this? At this point, why are you making fun of this school? Like, you chose to come here. No one is forcing you to be here. (laughs) Can I also also say, why can't they just fucking name this girl Barbie? Why are they naming? This is so goddamn confusing. The other confusing thing is the name of the school 
is Barbie Princess Charm School on the DVD. In the movie, is it also called Barbie Princess Charm School or just Princess Charm School? Just Princess Charm School. Okay. So there is no Barbie in this universe. There's no one named Barbie in this movie. Correct. So Barbie, the doll slash presidential candidate slash astronaut slash computer fixer, got a role as Blair in a movie that we're seeing. The Barbie extended universe. Ken Ken isn't like, I'm Mitch. Yeah, no, that's pretty much exactly what happens. This is, I'm just saying, this is confused. This is confusing. Keep going. Sorry. Oh, God. Oh, so after that, we have another scene. We have another uh, exposition dump. We're back in the, uh, we're back in the dorm room. And Bar- Blair, I'm sorry, I'm even messing it up, and I've watched the whole exactly! <laughs> Blair sits down, and she realizes she's got a package. She's got a package from her sister back at home. And she opens it up, and her roommates are like, oh, what'd you get? What'd your family send you? And she opens it up, and there is literally, I swear to God I'm not making this up, there is a drawing from her sister, and it's of her mom holding Blair as a child in their apartment, and... Haley is like, what is this a picture of? And Blair says, oh, I was adopted. My mom found me at my doorstep. And my sister loves the story of how I got dumped off at a doorstep and she adopted me. So she literally drew me a plot device and sent it to me. Now, is it starting to come together? What's happening here? I hope in your mind you kind of understand where this movie is going. So I'm not like I feel I don't feel bad about saying spoilers for this movie because it is so obvious from like 30 minutes in what exactly what is going to happen and it does not deviate at all. Got it. Got it. Check check check. So do you know what I'm saying here? Yes, I do. Okay. So at that moment, uh the door is slightly ajar when they're having this conversation about how Oh Blair- no. No one not, knows a, not, a, not an ajar door. Oh, that's like a smoking gun in movies. Close the goddamn doors and windows. So, oh, Lady Devons is going to hear this shit. No, actually, Headmistress Privet is walking by, and there is a not subtle at all. Like, there's a 30 second scene where we see Headmistress Privet, who is the good, like, the good counterpart to Dame Devons. Like, Dame Devons is the evil woman that runs the school and headmistress privet is like the nice one so headmistress putting there like with her ear pressed against the door listening to what they're talking about and she hears blair talking about how her mom didn't birth her how she got dumped off at the door and how the princess is missing but they don't know if she's dead or not and there's a rumor that she's dead. and then we zoom in on headmistress's face and then she's doing a big thing <laughs> Like, <laughs> that thing where you hold your chin in your hand with like the universal sign for being very deep in thought. And this is not like a throwaway scene. This is like a 30 second long scene where you zoom in and it, she makes like a face where she's realizing something. And I'm like, oh, shit, she's going to tell us what is inevitably going to happen next. So the next scene, we have class with Headmistress Privet, and the scene cuts in as we are just ending class, and Blair is in class, and Headmistress is like, Blair, I need to talk to you. (laughs) So Blair comes up to her, and there's a giant wall of books, and while this conversation is happening, Headmistress keeps, like, pulling out books and tossing them in a pile on her hand, right? Hey, let me check my notes. Oh, also, a very important thing is that, uh, 
Blair was born on the exact date that the princess went missing. Got <laughs> it. They, April 26th. They explicitly tell you that. I feel like even as a child, I would have seen through this ruse. So anyways, after class, the headmistress looks at her and she says, uh, Blair, Dame Devins told me that you are a terrible student and we should kick, expel you from school immediately. And Blair's like, well, shit. The headmistress says, and I almost did it. And I almost did it. And I thought, I thought about how you are the worst lottery student that we have ever had in the history of, like, you are not acclimating to the school's academic climate. You are failing all your classes. You are the worst. There is a two minute long scene where Headmistress Privet just lambasts Blair. And the whole time she's pulling at books. So I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, this is going to be like that trope where, you know, where you pull a book in a bookshelf and then the thing switches and you go into a secret room. See, I assume that, but the thing is, you don't pull every, like, if you're, okay, you, but the thing is in movies, you know where that book is. Like, there's never a scene where someone's like, ah, where's the hit? I assume that she's looking for like the royal baby book and it's going to have a picture of Blair in it. See, one would think, one would think the true answer is much fucking stupider than what? both of what? us. Why is she pulling all these books off the fucking okay. thing? So I'm thinking she's like, or it's going to be like one of those things where it goes, do, 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 do. Like you need to pull the books in a specific order sure. to get into the secret room. Uh, uh-huh. Turns out there is no secret room at all. She is getting these books because she's like, Blair, we're giving you some intensive training because I believe in you. And she just takes all the books and put them on her head. And it's like, see, I can walk with the books on my head. You should be able to do that too. How many books are we talking here? Like a hundred books. Headmistress, okay. Again, listeners, Headmistress Privet, good. Dame Devin's bad. Just reminding us because these are character names are all fucked up. Wow, Headmistress Privet is a really fucking good princess. She can balance a hundred fucking books. Fucking good for her. So we have this long-ass training montage. Edris, Mistress Privet, like, uh, teaching Blair how to stand with books in her head and also walk with books in her head. Pretty much just all books in her head. How did Blair do in the dancing with Ken? Because usually in these movies, in the second act, it's like, they're bad at almost everything. Like, Police Academy. That's a sc- There's a movie where people have to go to a school. There's so many mo- Back to school. They have to go to a school. Like, like, uh... I assume that Barbie is bad at everything except dancing. Is that correct? No, she sucks at dancing and she steps on Ken's feet and everyone laughs at her. But Ken is like, ah, what you going to do? I'm bad at dancing, too. So it's like a it's part of the whole like, no, they're perfect for one another, but not really. Ken's a fucking Chad. OK, yeah, keep going. Chad. <laughs> so uh, Blair is now doing better in her classes. And we're nearing the end of the semester at this point in the movie, after this whole training montage with Headmistress Privet. Mm. At the end of the semester, Dame Devins organizes for all the princesses and the Lady Royals, they're going to have a dinner in the castle. They're going to, like, see what the actual castle looks like. And Delancey doesn't give a shit because Delancey grew up in the castle. Like, I guess her, whatever Dame Devins' family is just, like, living in the castle, whatever, who cares? Mm-hmm. So they go to the castle and Haley is like, got a boner for exploring the parts of the castle that they're explicitly told not to go into. <laughs> awesome! I, I, don't, I don't mean to be so gauche, but... Okay, so you said... Bar- so Barbie's blonde, 
Barbie's rival is also blonde, correct? Correct. Okay. Which is, I guess, a good way to avoid the whole, like, one hair color good, one hair color bad bad trope. Because, like, that's how movies usually do it. It's like, if your hero's brunette, your villain is blonde. And if your hero is blonde, your villain's a redhead. Okay, but blondness carries no morality here. You said Barbie's friend with the sick beats is Asian. Is Barbie's exposition friend... Either African-American or a redhead. She looks Hispanic. Like, she's ambiguously brown, but she could she could either be Hispanic or a very tan Italian. <laughs> okay, okay, so Barbie's Mediterranean or Hispanic mixed-race friend. Thank you. Just trying to put all this together. Thank oh, you're welcome. No worries. Uh, I know this is confusing. <laughs> yeah, but this is fun. I really like hearing about this movie. I want to. Wa- I want to tell me, you guys, if you're having a good time, because I think I will create bits while I'm at fighting the war. I will create just a secondary podcast that you can jettison into the show or release separately for people that just crave me. That just crave me like heroin and are gonna yeah. be so sad that I'm gone. They will. You, you're the funny one. I'm kidding. Oh, speaking of it, you're kidding. I'm not. Uh, oh, speaking of uh, of uh, the funny one, don't forget, get your applications into be a replacement rancher. Yes, I need to respond to those emails today. That is on my list. Yeah, yeah look, or tomorrow. I mean, we're, we're not doing the replacement rancher thing for a couple of weeks yet, right? Or a week or two at least? Yeah, correct. Yeah, exactly. But like, you've got like one or two weeks left to get your replacement rancher uh, application and make sure to apply at porkchatter at protonmail.com and put in reasons why you would make a good replacement Sarantia. Yeah, by the way, you don't need to specify that you are autistic within the first line, okay? Everyone opens their email, hello Sarantia, I am autistic. You don't need to do that. There's no, don't put your thumb on the scale. You d- open up your heart in these emails and tell me exactly what's on your mind. Sarantia, there's a reason I want them to tell me exactly what's on their mind. Pretty much the only rule so far is Anyone who uses the N-word in their application will not be allowed on the show. Pretty much everyone else I'm going to let on the show. Yeah, don't use the N-word. Anyways. Okay, so so the thing is, like, I want I want to know what they would type. I want to know. It's like, I, I need to know. The, I'm going to be on the, I'm gonna be stuck with these people on these goddamn shows. Well, then, you're going to be off fighting the war. Well, then, fuck it. It's only right about how autistic you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, okay. So they're exploring the castle. And they happen upon a hallway. And the hallway is full of paintings, I guess. Yeah, paintings of the royal families. Sure. And they get to the most recent. Obviously, the hallway is empty after the royal family got owned in that car crash. And they're looking at the pictures. And they see that the daughter, the queen. No, not the, the daughter is an infant in the painting. Uh-huh. But the queen looks like a carbon copy of Blair. Like, the exact same face. I think the hair is shorter, but that is literally the only difference in their character models. That's Barbie! That's Barbie! Is it? I I, I don't remember Blair if they gave the queen... Bar- well, I'm not like... I, uh, cl- Clearly, they don't, because I asked you before whether or not there's a character in the movie named Barbie, and you say no. But I'm saying, like, from a thematic perspective, that's Barbie, because Barbie is the ultimate princess, if you think about it. Barbie's charming as fuck. She's running for president. She's a goddamn doctor. She's an animal doctor. She's fuckable as hell. Ken's losing his goddamn shit. She drives around in a convertible. 
Barbie is the ultimate Stacy, which is why Barbie's younger sister is named Stacy. Holy so, shit. Finally, it all makes sense. So it would make sense because in these movies, movies are all about contrast. And all storytelling is about contrast. It's like, if your mom rules at something, you suck at it. Like, Marty McFly's dad... Had, like, like, or, or sometimes there's odd similarities, but it's kind of like, you know, Martin McFly, uh, like, skinny, whiny, weak. Who's the opponent? Biff, big, tough, strong. Like, so it's like, it would make sense that Barbie, the ultimate princess, would have a daughter who's the ultimate Becky. That's true. So, uh, Barbie, who is very bad at not getting owned in car crashes. Wait, is Becky... Becky means like virgin. But what does Becky mean again? Becky means like schlub nerd. Yeah, Becky is like Stacy's. Like a Becky is not. I don't really understand the incel terminology, but a Becky ostensibly wants to be a Stacy and does stupid shit like reading and getting a career. But then incels are also mad when women don't read or get a career. So I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. I am the ultimate Becky. Aren't Becky's just female incels? I mean, no. Like, no? No, no. That is, you would be logical in thinking that, but that is not correct. A Becky is like a Stacy orbiter, but not in a romantic sense. It's like, if you can't date Stacy, well, I guess I'll just take Becky. It's like a beta woman. Okay. But it's not an omega. Incels are like omegas. There are what? not a word for female incels because incels believe that there is no such thing as a female incel. That's right. They do. Yes, yes, yes. They do think that. Oh, speaking of incels and movies, what, what are your odds on, this, on the Joker, on there being trouble at the Joker? Um... Because, I mean, are you hearing about this? Have you heard, like, the U.S. Army apparently was like, was like, we all need to be on alert for uh, incel violence at the Joker movie. Yeah, I was reading a news article about that, and they interviewed, I think it was on ABC, they interviewed a military sergeant, and they said, is there a credible threat for a specific movie theater that you believe, because this memo, it, was it leaked, or did they publicly... Oh, I'm sure it was just, I'm sure it was just leaked. And it might have just been like, you know, it's kind of like the FBI has a file on everything, even stupid shit. Like, um, I don't, I just, I'm bringing this up just because I think it's like such a ridiculous, because it's like on one hand, if you, if you like the Joker, I, I'm not a huge, if, okay. If I met a guy at New York Comic Con and he was kind of like, I love the Joker. I walk around my town dressed as the Joker. I'm constantly asking people how I got these scars. I'd be like, my name is George Ozuni. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> my name is Tom Tomlinson. Bye-bye. But on the <laughs> other hand, it's like, it's like, I do think that people are overreacting about the threat of incel violence at Joker movies. But on the other, other hand, it's like if someone, oh, I, you know, I don't know who to hate more. The media for overhyping this or people who like the Joker. They're both awful. They're both. The I worst. know. They're both. Ah! So this makes me think of, do I think there's going to be, so I didn't, wasn't even aware that there was a Joker movie coming out until everybody started <laughs> memeing on it. And it, it harkens back to something that Ben Saint said to me once during BronyCon, which was, what are the chances that someone's going to take this opportunity to make this the most meme-worthy shooting 
ever. And I'm thinking to myself, when I think about the Joker movie, I'm thinking, I don't think there would have been anything happen if this was not memed to death. Because now it's just like, like moths to a felt covered flame. Like who's going to be the one to do the meme? (laughs) There is a self-fulfilling prophecy to this. It is, right? Yeah, because of the, it's the same thing that happens with copycat killers. Like, the Zodiac starts murdering people and leaving puzzles behind. The Sudoku killer, essentially, starts (gasps) Sudokuing his or her way through San Francisco. And then other people were murdered and notes were left behind. And the San Francisco Police Department was like, these weren't done by the Zodiac to copycat killers. Like... That's right. the thing that happens. And by publicizing this, what you've basically said is like, if you go to the Joker and you shoot up the Joker movie, you will get put on national television. That is what, what they're saying by publicizing this memo of which no one has any evidence that there is anything going to happen at any specific theater. But what you're saying is, hey, do you want to get really famous really quickly? Here's what you have to do. Would you, would you like to trigger people literally? Like, can you believe the media and these SJWs like think there's going to be violence at the Joker movie? Let's show them by making violence happen at the Joker movie. That'll show them. You're goddamn right, Sarantia. You're always fucking right. So I think uh, my Susian answer to will there be violence at the Joker movie is yes, but we caused this. Got it. It's well, not the movie. It's, it's the like media. As long as I know who to blame, I'm happy. Okay, okay, so keep going with the speaking of movies. Barbie movie, let's go. Where was I? I don't remember. Um, so Barbie is, Barbie's going through a training montage. She's really taking it to the limit. Like, she, she's the ultimate princess. Now, I assume there's some sort of graduation tournament or something. Oh, and they find a picture and it's like, oh shit, Blair, that's your goddamn mom. You're probably the fucking princess over here. Yeah. yeah, no, but okay. Oh, okay, I remember now. So they're yeah. in the hallway. By the way, this is before graduation is in like a week. They got like another week that they need got to it. make it through Barbie Princess Triumph School before yeah, they get Yeah, because there's got to be a final exam. There's always okay. a final exam in these movies. The final exam is the coronation. What? Wait, whoa, okay. <laughs> Anyways, so they're standing in the hallway. They're talking about uh, how Blair's birthday happens to be the birthday of or Blair's birthday that her mom gave her, which is the day that she picked her up off the road, happens to also be the day that the car crash happened. And so they're like, holy shit, Blair, you're the missing princess. Right. And we see behind the corner, Delancey, Dame Devon's daughter, is standing there hearing this. And she is fucked. She looks like Blair just murdered a puppy right in front of her. Her earth is shattered. She has no idea that she was not the actual heir to the throne. She's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, (laughs) do I tell my mom this or do I just let things play out? So they uh, go to dinner. And they're talking about, they start talking about how Dame Devons is like, I would like to do a toast to our new glorious leader, Delancey. And Delancey's clearly unsettled, like unnerved at this point. Wait, so Delancey won? So we don't even see like a thing where it's like, like, we don't, so Barbie, what, like Barbie underwent this entire training montage 
Does she ever get to put all that training to use? You are jumping very far ahead. This is not the coronation. We are not at the end of the movie yet. This is just like a rehearsal dinner. So Dame Devins is like, three cheers to Delancey, a girl who will definitely win next week. I can tell. I mean, win win what? Like, she's going to graduate. Win the queenship. There's no competition. It's it's Barbie Charm School. Someone's got to win. Okay, so... um, they're talking about, so Dame Devins is like, Delancey, why don't you talk a little bit about the plans you have when you are coronated? How will you run our glorious kingdom? Yes. And Delancey's like, uh, mother, I don't, I, I, I'm feeling a little shy right tonight. I don't think Dame Devins is like, nonsense. We're going to bulldoze the slums. That Blair Whoa. lives in. <laughs> We're going to bulldoze where, where Blair's sick, dying mom and little sister live? We're just going to own the entire site. Like, gentrification, but on on hard mode. Um, on, like, got it. You know, when you were listening to a podcast, you could speed it up. Like, we're going to take gentrification and do that with it. Got it. Okay. And Blair is like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 she's like bitch you know i live there right and delancey is like twiddling her thumb she's like oh maybe we shouldn't kill all the poor people and dame Devin's is like nonsense we're gonna kill all the poor people <laughs> and blair uh, storms out blair storms out of the uh dinner mm-hmm. followed of course by exposition roommate and uh asian rapper <laughs> An Aquafina. <laughs> got it, got it, got it, got it. Storm out of the dinner, and Blair is like, I need to go home. And Halsey's like, You're the princess. You realize that, right? And Blair's like, But what am I going to do? Like, I can't, no one will believe me. This is crazy. I need to go home and say goodbye to my mom before uh, our slums get fucking owned. And at one point, I was like, Blair, you probably have a few weeks. Like, with the government oversight, I don't think they're just going to. Like Delancey's gonna be crowned, and it's like, okay, fire up the wrecking balls. <laughs> but but, but then- also, it's like, hey, why don't you fucking roll the dice on winning? Like, you go home, your the house is definitely gonna be bulldozed. I know you're a shitty princess, but like, shooters gotta shoot. I why do you keep saying win? <laughs> do you think this is a competition? Am I not yes. explaining this well? No, well, look, you're here. You, you're explaining it hilariously. I assume that at the end of Barbie Princess Charm School, someone will be named the Queen in Waiting. No, the Queen in Waiting is okay. I, I guess I did not explain this well enough. There are multiple princesses in the Princess Charm School, but they are not competing against one another. They are going to school, and they need to complete the school to take on their coronation for their own separate countries. The Queen of Gardania, which I assume is, it's like being, like the other princesses are senators, I assume, of representatives of other neighboring nations, but Gardania is the main, the big one. Right. And Delancey is next in line for Gardania. No one can take that from her except- Oh, okay. So, so Blair is running for a spot in the royal court. That's why I felt the need to explain the ladies-in-waiting thing. She's hoping that she gets chosen as a lady-in- or a royal lady, whatever the fuck it's called, I don't remember. Okay, okay, thank you. Well, then this does make sense, because it's it's like, oh, it's like, yeah, what am I going to do? Like, win the contest? Like, what am I going to do? Graduate school and become the best friend of the person who's going to bulldoze my house anyway? Let me go home and at least spend a couple more minutes with my dying mom. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, I'm sorry. I did not explain this well enough. That's okay. <laughs> I'm get here's. You know who else probably doesn't explain this very well? The movie. So don't worry about it. Keep going. Yeah. So Blair is like, uh, "Screw you guys. I'm going home. I got <laughs> I got to quit school. This is like it was fun to walk around with books on my head for a while, but now my family's gonna die. And I'm thinking, Blair, you probably have like a couple of weeks. I think you can finish Barbie Princess Tribe School and then go home. But then I think about how they pulled her name out of a hat, and then immediately there was a guard there. So things in Gardenia seem to be pretty rushed. So maybe this is not an insane." thought that they're having so Halsey is like the only logical one here she's like Blair as Blair is about to leave Halsey says what if we could prove that you were the true right to the throne you were the heir then you would take on the crown and you could save uh, the slums and stop your mom from getting owned (laughs) and Blair is like okay how do we prove it and Halsey says we need to find the crown the crown that glows (laughs) But this is why before I asked. So if she finds the crown, she still has to graduate, though. Yes. Okay. So, oh, okay. So right now, if she graduates, she becomes a royal lady. Graduation plus crown equals princess. Right. If she graduates and she puts the crown in her head and the crown glows, because remember, the crown glows when you place it on the head of the true heir. Everybody will be like, what the hell? It's the princess. Delaney, get out of here. You're not actually next to the Lion Throne because the true heir is still alive. Or, I assume Delaney will just get demoted to royal. Like, I'm not super worried about Delaney. I'm much more worried about Barbie's stepmom, Barbie's like uh, adopted mom's dying home situation. Uh, okay, so it's good that Blair is going through Barbie Princess Charm School because. God forbid if she's sitting there with a glowing crown, but she can't balance any fucking books on it. Her mom is going to get yeeted out of her house. Correct. Yeah. If she would have stayed home, they definitely would have gotten yeeted. Yes. Wow. <laughs> they would have gotten yoided out of just to build a park or something. I don't know. They talk parking about this. Parking lot. Like, yeah. Parking probably, lot. Probably. It's always a parking lot. Anyways. Um, so Halsey is like, okay, we're going to craft this crazy plan. We're going to break into the castle, which I guess is within walking distance of the Princess Charm School. We're going to break into the castle, we're going to find the crown, and we're going to show up to Coronation and put the crown in your head. Crown's going to glow, and we're going to know that it's you. So they have a whole... At that point, there is a... I think Dame Devons or Delancey hears this because we have terminal ajar doors. Yes! This This is the third overheard conversation! (laughs) Motherfucker! Fucker, close the goddamn door! Your mom's life is at stake! Right, like, why does no one in this universe know how to close a goddamn door? But they Jesus don't. Jesus Christ! So Dame Devins overhears this, and it's like, well, fuck, no, we are not gonna have this happen, no way. So, at that, uh, the night, the next night, they were like, okay, we're doing this tomorrow night. We're gonna break into the castle tomorrow night. So tomorrow night rolls around and there's a convenient somebody, someone pulls the fire alarm <laughs> and Barbie's, or Blair is like, ah oh, shit, well how much time is this gonna cut into? And Halsey's like, it's a fine it's like 20 minutes, it'll be fine, we'll be back we'll be in, we'll be over to the castle before you know it. So fire drill happens, they come back and who is standing by the door of their dorm room? But Dame Devons a security guard and headmistress Privet. And they're like, what's going on? And Dame Devon says, 
I saw you. Oh, Delancey is there too. This is important. Delancey's there too. And Dave Devon says, you were stealing. What were you three doing in my room earlier? And they're like, we have no idea what you were talking about. And Dave Devon says, I saw you going through my jewelry box and stealing my jewelry. Or Delancey saw you. She said that she saw you stealing jewelry. And Blair looks at Delancey. He's like, that's obviously not true. Why don't you say that you didn't see that? And Delancey just stutters a non-reply. So I, missed- like, uh, I, I, I did. I I did see you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Right. So right. Headmistress Privy is like, okay, well, I don't believe that you would do this, but it, this is another teacher here, so we have to, like, investigate this. <laughs> so okay. they go, They go through their room and- And low they and find bl- the jewelry. Oh, okay. okay. Damn Got straight. It. Planted. Guy was planted. Oh, so- Dame Devins is goddamn devious. She's Dame a huge Devins, cunt. Dame Devins fucking murders Barbie- then, which is the queen, then Dame Devins murders every other royal in waiting. Now Dame Devins is fucking planting stolen jewelry. Why didn't Dame Devins just just yeet that baby into the into a dumpster? Like, why did Dame Devins put that baby on the doorstop at all? I think Dame Devins presumed that the baby was dead. I, oh! Said, this is another, like, I'm trying so hard to think. My, I am doing some mental gymnastics to close these plot holes because this is a movie for children. So what I'm, my headcanon is that Dame Devins presumed that the entire family was killed in the car crash and it was an evil queen type of thing, like, bring me his heart. So Robin Hood goes out there and gets, like, a pig's heart. Like, he goes and checks on the car wreck and the baby is still alive and he's like, I am not a stone cold killer in these streets. So he like dumps the baby off and then tells Dame Devons, yeah, she's dead. They're all dead. Okay. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. So it's it's like, wow, Dame Devons is one million. But see, it's interesting. It's like Dame Devons is willing to commit multiple homicides. Yes. So so back in act one, when Dame Devons looks at Barbie in the first book class and sees the realization is like, oh, shit, this is definitely Barbie's uh, daughter, Blair. I would have just poisoned Blair's pop rocks at that point. Like, God, like, like Dame Devins is like, I'm going to make sure this, this, this B word never graduates. That's how I'll fix this. It's like, or you could make sure this B word never makes it to tomorrow. You're totally willing to murder everybody else. Right. And she like wouldn't even have to get her hands dirty. Like, she has yes. the entire security staff of this very prestigious university under her thumb. Like, I'm sure she could find an assassin to murder. And so, let me tell you, security at this school is lax. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Clearly, it's like, it, it doesn't even have to be bloody. Just fucking poison her. Put, like, put some poison in her tea. Take her to tea sipping school. Sips it's like, it's not hard to kill a princess. History is shown. They're so dainty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're very dainty. God damn it. They can feel a pee 12 mattresses through and they can feel a knife in two seconds. Okay, anyway, keep going. So, uh, let's get to the end of this movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah, by the way, we're in Act 3 at this point. So yes. um, the headmistress is like, I am shocked. I am absolutely floored. You are, all three of you are getting stripped of your titles and expelled. 
tomorrow is graduation. We are going to lock you in the dungeon and then figure out what to do with you afterwards. So the guard is like, come on, girls, we're going with you. And uh, uh, Haley and Ileana are both like weirdly chill with this. Like they're walking down there and Blair is like, this is all my fault for getting in bad with Dame Devins. And Haley's like, nah, it's fine. Who wants to be a princess anyway? It's like, Haley, you just lost your, like you ended like a three million year bloodline. <laughs> Right yeah, and you're in the dungeon, and you will probably be fucking murdered. Like shit on a shit on a shingle. This is bad. Right. Okay. So they're getting escorted to the dungeon in handcuffs when Delaney shows up in the hallway, and she's had a change of heart. Right. And she says, "Let them go." And the guard is like, "Your mom, Dame Devons, told us that we are supposed to bring him to the dungeons." And Delaney says, "Well, tomorrow, in it less than twelve hours." I will be giving the orders and I will fire you if you don't listen to me now. So they're like, okay. Whoa, Delancey finds her balls. Yeah, Delancey clearly paid attention in like presence class because she totally, she's like, if you do not hand them over to me, you will be fired the second I am coronated. <laughs> so That's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, Way to go, Delancey. So Delancey is like, Blair, I didn't know any of this. I'm so sorry. Go find the crown. So she sets them free. They break into the castle. There's this whole stupid uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, she dips beneath the lasers scene. Really? <laughs> yeah, where they have to, they're like, oh, the crown must be in this safe. But wait, this hallway looks a little too quiet. And then they pull the powder out and, the, and there's la laser beams and they have to do gymnastics <laughs> to get over them. It, wait, how old are the girls in this movie? <laughs> 16. <laughs> 16, huh? Ish, yeah. Okay. Well, that well then that sounds like a fun scene. Like it's fun to like see characters like overcoming the odds. End of sentence, Stereos. Catherine Zeta Jones. She dips <laughs> beneath the lasers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they so they they they. They, they use their fucking foundation powder that they were supposed to be using to fix their faces to instead rob someone, t turning, like, turning, like, the tools of femininity into tools of thievery and war, which is, like, a fun, cool thing. It's feminist. This movie's feminist. That's feminist as fuck, bro. <laughs> so they get through the lasers, they get to the safe. Lo and behold, there is a passcode on the door. And they're like, oh, well, what the shit's the passcode going to be? So they randomly enter something, and it beeps, obviously incorrect. So the machine says... Would you like a hint for the password? What? Yeah, uh-huh. And they're like, yes. Wait, like, like Windows 95? <laughs> exactly like Windows 95. Oh God, that's great. It's not my fault. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> no. Yes, I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, yeah, we'll take a password hint. And the password hint is the day it all fell into place. And, and, and Blair was like, oh, my birthday, because that's the day she owned my parents, right? Right, April 26th. Exactly. <laughs> right, so they enter the birthday. That is the password. The thing's like, it's not my fault. And then it opens the door. <laughs> <laughs> and there is the crown. There is the crown. And they go over. It's like Indiana Jones, like they're about to touch the crown. And at that moment, you see a big hand come down on Blair's shoulder. And it's Dame Devins. And she realized what is going on. And she's there with the guard. And Dame Devins says, you got real close, but not today, Blair. 
not today. We will be crowning Delaney. And okay, so this is another thing I need to like mental gymnastics around. It seems as though when someone, as soon as someone is crowned, they are permanently the queen or princess. Like there can be no overriding anything. As soon as the crown is placed on the head, that's it. Like if if this comes to light later, then you're SOL. Blair, sorry. Right. No take, no takesy backsies. Got it. Okay. Exactly. Got it. Got it. Got it. So now this is where we get to the big a problem with the script that is so big that I cannot mental gymnastics around it. Okay. Well, I'm, do, before you get to it, do you mind if I point out what I think the problem with the script is? Please. Well, the next day, Delancey, when they're about to put the crowd on her, should just go. No, where's Blair? I want to see if this hat fits Blair. I'm the fucking, I'm about to be the queen. What's the goddamn rush? Like, get Blair here for hat time. Yeah, you see, that is kind of what happens. But, like, Delancey plays a big role in the last, in, in like, the crescendo of this movie. But my problem with this is, that, oh, and also there's this, under they never say this, but there's this undercurrent that your it is implied that Delancey is either getting abused or can't like has the no spine at all. She's a yeah, human well, doormat when it comes to her mother. Well, uh, I, yeah, I assume that that's what's happening, and that's absolutely fine. I mean, like in reality, this girl is brainwashed. This girl has been brainwashed by a murderous mom. You know, it, there's an anime called Food Wars, uh, Shokugeki no Soma, where a similar thing happens where Irina Nakami can't stand up to her father, who is the head of Central. By the I way, am- listeners, it's been a few years. I know at first I was talking a lot of shit about this anime stuff, but God damn it! did you hear all that shit I just said, guys? You like I- anime, don't you, Mysterios? <laughs> I'm getting better at this! Shokugeki no Soma, Irina Nakama. Wait, it, her name can't, her name, her last name can't be Nakama. Doesn't Nakama mean someone who pretends to be, what does Nakama mean again? Nakama is a man who pretends to be an inter, a woman on the internet. <laughs> right. The Japanese have a word for that. Nikiri. Japanese. Her last name is Nikiri. Exactly. I just love the Kaizen inherent to that. You were um, very close, though, and I've given right. you lots of points. I'm just saying, listeners, give this boomer some credit. I started out, the only anime knew I, that I knew was Speed Racer. But you put a bunch of these girls in a situation where when they make the food taste good enough, their clothes explode off their bodies. And God damn it, you've got my attention. Food Wars, season five, coming out this October. Take us to the end of the movie, Sriracha. Right, okay, so here's the plot hole that I cannot just ignore. I've been giving this movie so much generosity. I have been trying, Asterios, actively trying to give this movie, like, to not be a pedantic asshole about the plot of this movie. I have, right? Yes. Uh, You get points. So here's the one thing, contrivance, that I cannot ignore. Okay, so Dame Devins locks Barbie and Fre- Blair and friends. I'm just going to call her Barbie because this is too annoying at this point. We should have done that at the beginning of this. So, uh, Dame- Now you're going to do that? Right, like there's 15 minutes left in this movie. <laughs> so Dame Devins locks Barbie and friends in the uh, thing and is like, we will, as soon as we will crown Delancey and then I will dispose of you as traitors mm-hmm. are disposed of in this universe. Yikes. 
which I assume means cover them in candy, but not really because this woman has explicitly murdered people. That is in canon. She has killed lots of people. Anyways, so then she takes the crown and the next scene is of them beginning the coronation ceremony. Of course, the queen is coronated last. So they're coronating all of the like lady royals and other princesses. And Delancey is sitting there like twiddling her thumbs like, oh, where are they? Did they find the thing? But Dame Devons has the glowing crown in her hands, ostensibly to crown Delancey with. And it's like you told us. In no uncertain terms that this crown had been missing since the royal family got owned. So is no one. This is a televised ceremony. They show the little sister and the mom at home watching, waiting for Barbie to get crowned. So, like, is no one over the age of 30 going to recognize that this is the magic crown that has been missing since they died in a car crash? It is... Pretty incredible to, like, just walk in there with, a, a with essentially, OJ's bloody glove. Right, like, if I shot someone with a gun, I am not keeping the gun as a memento of that time I shot someone. Yes, exactly. Which, of course, to me, tells me, why the fuck would you even keep the crown in the goddamn vault? If you're gonna yeet people off of this mortal coil, why not yeet the crown off a fucking cliff? What is the value in keeping the crown? Devons, your daughter Delancey, was already gonna become queen without the crown! Right, and it's like, okay, so I've been thinking about this for about a week, and I've been trying to figure out a situation in which this would make sense. So obviously there is magic in this universe, So, my, but here's my the closest I can get to a headcanon. I okay. assume the crown, the crown is clearly enchanted by something, because it oh, glows. Oh, you're when, right. So my assumption is that Dame Devons knows that if she tries to destroy the crown, it will like explode like a landmine and kill her or something. So she needs to keep it. But like... Like, why would you not keep it in a more secure... Like, I get it was in the safe, but it's the only thing in the safe, and I get that you don't want to leave it alone with Barbie and friends, but, like, put it in your room or something. Well, uh, or, even better, put it in another castle. Like, there is no reason to keep this crown here. None. You don't need to give it a kiss every night or it'll tell. Like... Put it, bury it underground, get it out of Gardenia! Bury it. That's exactly what I was thinking. If I was Dame Devon, I would dig a big hole in the ground with contractors or something, drop it in, cover it with cement. Right, like, because if something's in a vault, that tells me it's valuable. Nobody puts copies of Maddox's book in a vault! (laughs) Speak for yourself, buddy. No, true, true, true. (laughs) Anyway, so they, at this point, the fucking Chekhov's Ilyana. Ilyana gets her first line of the movie that isn't, no, don't listen to my music. So they're sitting there and they're like, how are we going to get out of here? We are locked in the safe from the inside. So they find a code thing that I guess you can use as an emergency, like to open the safe from the inside. So they- Right, kind of like how in restaurants, there's a, if you're trapped in a freezer, there's a, a opening in there in the freezer too. Correct. So uh, they type in Barbie's birthday. Alas, Dame Devons has changed the password. No! <laughs> to keep them in here. Uh, presumably until they die. <laughs> but um, Ileana is like, yeah, I heard her. I heard her changing the password. And wait, 
it's one of those things like it's like you know when you type a number on a phone it goes do 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 like uh, each button makes a different noise yes so Ileana right so Ileana is like wait I think I can recognize the touch tones from this so she figures out the new password they get out they run they run to the corner and speaking of which while they're trying to figure this out there are like these hilarious scenes spliced in there of um Delancey it was like Delancey's about to be coordinated, and she keeps having to make up bullshit about uh, what the, the, how they need to do things because she's stalling for time. She's like, "Wait!" Right. She's like, "Uh, the the, the turkey's not uh, the turkey skin needs to be crisper." Right. <laughs> right? No, she's sitting there, and they're about to place the ground, and she says, "Wait, wait, wait! We haven't honored the seven hills yet, mother." Dave Evans is like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" She says, "The, the it, it, it has been written in the ancient ruins that every time a new princess is crowned, we must spin around in a circle seven times to honor each of the seven hills of Gardenia." And her mom's like, "That's stupid. Just put the crown in your head, Delancey." And Delancey's like, "But we don't want to start a war with the neighboring nations uh, for allegedly disrespecting them during this coronation. I am trying my best to be a diplomat." To, and then she's like, "Fine, we'll spin in a circle." And then there's like a bunch of those scenes in there. It's very funny. It's like one of the funniest parts of the movie. That sounds entertaining to me. So uh, Barbie and them make it out. They make it to the ceremony and they have they they are there and they're like Blair is the true heir to the crown and Delancey is uh, stuttering it yet and she looks she's like yes it's true. Finally she stood up to her mother and she takes the crown from her mom and puts it on Barbie's head and lo and behold it starts glowing. And she realizes that she, and she is then coronated as the queen of Gardenia. And she chooses Delancey as her lady royal. So everyone gets happy end. Dame Devin gets uh, drawn and quartered <laughs> and also tarred and feathered. And then the, mm-hmm. oh, and the last scene in the movie is the dog, the dog from the beginning of the movie Oh, and by the way, th- this is a very important thing that I forgot to mention was in the portrait. There is also the dog of the fa- royal family. So the dog recognized Blair. It was like the first one to recognize Blair. And that was like foreshadowing for what happens. Like, no. oh, that's cool. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good foreshadowing. I mean, a lot of this movie does work. Like, and if I were a baby, I would love everything that happened in this movie. Because it's got princesses. And it's got intrigue. And it's got girl power. And it's got fairies. Like, um... Well, 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 what was I going to say, though? Uh, like, but... If I were Dame Devons, I would be like, well, I don't care that that crown glows. Uh, you're still a spell because you suck at being a princess. Like, if I was Dame Devons, I'd, I'd be like, ah, you're still getting an F. Like, did they ever address, did Barbie ever graduate? Yes. Because this is a school movie. Yes, she did. The coronation is the graduation ceremony. And then Headmistress Priv is like, you orchestrated the murder of like six royals. You're going to jail forever. And then the guards drag her off and then they coronate Barbie. And Bar- that is the end of the movie is Barbie's coronation. And she is now graduated and also the princess of Gardenia. Okay, so it's two for one. That's actually also very efficient. They Like, why rent that hall twice? Um, right. <laughs> But the guards, ah, now here's the last thing I want to mention about this. Because again, I like this movie. I would like to watch this movie. I would totally be down to record a, a commentary track for this movie that we give to the Patreon. The, 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 uh, the Patreon. Yeah, like, I mean, there's, there's 36 movies. We don't have to do this movie, but yeah, but that's I an awesome idea. I want to see this movie. I want to see it. Yeah, there's a lot of scenes I cut out. So yeah, we could do that. 
Yeah, okay, or another private member or whatever. But um, the thing is, these guards are clearly cool with murder. Because, like, the guard, there's a guard who's, like, way cool with locking up Barbie. There's, like, the guards are in on this. You know what I mean? So if I'm, so, like, so headmistress hamster goes, like, guards, take her away. It's, like. So many of these guards are already in on this. These guards are probably the ones that murdered Barbie and murdered the whole family. Like, like, it, like in countries these days, it doesn't matter if you're elected. You need the support of the military to survive. That's true. So it's, it seems like Dame, Dame Dumbass has the support of the military. I wonder why they flip on her. I mean, I guess maybe just to save their own skins. What, what do you think about I this? I mean, that has to be it, right? Because the peep... It, it is very clear that this is the crowd, and it is glowing, and everyone in gas, and Headmaster's uh, Privet is even like, holy shit, uh, Barbie, you're the real queen, which Headmaster's Privet should have seen this coming. Headmaster's Privet right. needs to be relieved of her position and retire, because this was clear as a fucking bad. Anyone with eyes could see what was gonna happen here. Yes, yes. Like, uh, I guess if I'm the guards, what I do is I just say I was only following orders. Yeah, like, it's the Nuremberg defense, you have to. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the Nuremberg, it, it's like it's like, Dame Dumbass was in charge of everything. If she tells me to put a princess in the, in, lock a princess in a vault, I'm locking a princess in a vault. Much like in the U.S. military, like, all orders are direct orders, and you cannot disobey a direct order, even if that direct order is stupid. Or killing so, kids. Right, exactly. It's like, well, whatever the crown does is legal. So, murdering those kids is Totally legal and totally cool. It's a perfect kid murder. A perfect kid murder. Have you seen this kid murder? It's a perfect kid murder. It was perfect. But now that there's a new person in charge, well, that person makes the rules. All right. I've squared this away politically. I give this movie 8 out of 10. I like, give it a 6. Yeah. It's got some fucking problems. What does it? Like... Even the Godfather has a plot hole or two, you know, like uh, no movie's perfect, but this movie's got it all. Fairies, friendship, fat beats. I love this movie. I give it eight out of ten. By the way, I've never seen it. <laughs> well, I'm glad I've convinced you to add it to your list of favorite movies. I'm doing it. I, we're going to record a commentary track for one of these things. Maybe we should do it where it's like one night, us and all the patrons... Because I want to fix the $5 level just because we're not going to be on tour for a while. So, like, maybe we can do a thing where it's like, well, at the $5 level, you can watch the movie with us in, like, a secret, like, what's that thing that the kids use to all watch TV at the same time? Uh, Rabbit. Rabbit. I don't know. We'll figure this shit out. Maybe we'll record a commentary. I don't know. I don't know. Sriracha's very busy. She's going to Indonesia. I don't want to commit her to anything, but... uh, I, wa- I gotta watch this movie. Speaking of which, this show has ran for, I think, almost two hours. We should probably end it. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, okay, we will be right back right after this. That is it for this episode of the Loudest Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, the theme song you are hearing right now is uh, by Tom from the Roast Mortem Podcast. Not a post-mortem. It's a roast mortem. You can follow them on Twitter at, at Roast Mortem Pod or at Roast Mortem Cast. I forget which. Try them both. Um, this show was lovingly edited by Zwick. Zwick does all of our stuff and we love him and we literally cannot do any of what we do without him. 
Uh, if you want to hire him to edit your podcast or your video or just edit, he makes everything better, or just to hang out with you, you can uh, email him at jpzwick at gmail.com. jpzwick because his talent is as big as a dinosaur's talents would be. And our opening theme is by Waterboy, spelled W-A-U-T-E-R-B-O-I. You can download his music at waterboy.bandcamp.com. Uh, a new episode of Christery dropped yesterday. Uh, as you're hearing this, you can get it for just $2. You can subscribe to patreon.com slash stereos. If you want to watch us live, it's just a $15 pledge. You can watch us live every week and we have a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, and then finally, pins. All the goddamn week... A hundred pins we sold. Which is good, because I only printed a hundred pins. We sold exactly 100 pins. Thank God. Thank God. I was not expecting them to be this fucking popular. I printed up a hundred, and I was kind of like, I'll probably have 30 hanging around the house. Whatever, I'll give it to my nieces or whatever. And it's like, nope. Hey, sorry, nieces, you're not getting any of these pins. Sorry, Tolly, uh, I've got to give your pin back. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need that. Um, but I think that's about it. Uh, Sriracha, you got anything to add? Nah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for sticking around for almost three hours. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. Bye.